0: Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life-balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello there, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road.
1: We're happy to be with you today. We're into this wonderful, we think, it's, for us it's important and very stimulating, a series on parental God, on heavenly parents. And today we're going to be talking about something extremely sacred and extremely delicate and, frankly, something we don't know a lot about, but something we deeply believe in, namely a divine feminine, a heavenly mother. And we hope we can do it justice.
0: We do, because it's really um, something that nobody knows a lot about, and we have to start out by saying this is... Purely uh, out of our minds and our study and our uh, diving deep into this subject.
1: Yeah, I don't want to get too serious too fast. I wanted to announce what the topic was today, but I also want to say it's a beautiful time of year. It's early June and things are happening and kids are out of school and we're spending a lot of time together as families. And... um, we went to a wonderful basketball game last night. I just want to say go Jazz.
0: <laughs> this will date us, but um, it really is a fun season of, of the year. That's finally spring, summer. We can feel summer coming on. It's so great. Uh, reunions are happening and it really is so fun.
1: So let's let's approach it this way. Let's, let's say first of all that in our study It's very, very clear that the concept of a divine feminine, of a mother god of some kind is anything but a new idea. We find it in all kinds of faith traditions all throughout the world. Always a little vague and always a little mysterious.
0: Um, It is. In fact, uh, we were talking at... Uh, at Bear Lake. We're opening Bear Lake place up in Bear Lake for the summer, and we had some friends up there a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about this, and one friend said, wait, you, you can't talk about Mother in Heaven. Nobody knows I- anything about it. I mean, how can you possibly do that? There's so many mysteries, and our daughter was there, too, and she said, wait a minute, um, father in heaven has a lot of mysteries too and we have, we try yeah. to discover those things all the time.
1: That's true. Let us read you a couple little paragraphs to kind of get us into
0: this. Um, throughout ancient scripture and text from virtually all faith traditions, there are traces and hints of a mother god. <clears throat> Apparently whenever any part of humankind is pulled toward the benevolent notion of a parental god rather than a sovereign impersonal or dictatorial god it becomes obvious if not clear that there are no fathers without mothers
1: and across all time and culture there have been those who have made connections between gender equality and divine paradigms the early american feminist for example elizabeth Cady stanton said a very interesting thing This is a quote. The first step in the elevation of women to her true position as an equal factor in human progress is the cultivation of the religious sentiment in regard to her dignity and equality. In other words, the recognition by the rising generation of an ideal heavenly mother. So even in secular sources or even in political quotes, the idea of how important it is to recognize a feminine aspect of God, that's essential in order to feel equal in gender in in the human race.
0: You know, Elizabeth Katie Stanton is an amazing person. She spent a lot of time in Utah in the early suffrage um, efforts to get the women's vote. She came here several times with um, to other, Utah, yeah, to Utah, and. It was so interesting because I just read a book, this is just a little aside but I think it applies, Um, a book by Nyland uh, McBain-Smith and she um, has done so much research and she said this woman was incredible. She came and, but then one time she spoke to the Mormon women about birth control. And so she was (laughs) not invited back for quite a while. (laughs) But she was a marvel, along with so many of those early women in the suffrage movement.
1: Well, here's another interesting thing, though, Linda. Even though there's hints and suggestion of a divine feminine throughout all different kinds of faith traditions, the actual theology of a literal, not a metaphorical, mother in heaven is pretty distinctive to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In fact, when you Google, if you were to go Google right now, Mother in Heaven or Heavenly Mother, virtually all the reference links that will come up are from Latter-day Saints sources. And, and so it's in the theology that we happen to believe. This is a distinctive doctrine. And it's a belief of enormous importance and almost limitless ramifications. So if you, like we, are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, some of this will ring very familiar to you. If you're not, that's perfectly fine. In fact, our, well, our whole purpose of the show today is to essentially say how how attractive and how universal and how comforting, frankly, It is to believe in some kind of a divine mother as well as a a heavenly father. So we're going to give you some, we're going to read you some really powerful and very quite specific and really without caveat quotes from um, prophets, people we believe are prophets, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on the topic of mother in heaven. In fact, the church has done a what's called a Gospel Essays topic uh, on Heavenly Mother. And we're going to read you just a few phrases from that document just to really draw us in to uh, to this subject. So we'll alternate these. My first one's very short. Just as we have a Father in Heaven, we have a Mother in Heaven.
0: The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that all human beings, male and female, are beloved spirit children of heavenly parents, a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. This understanding is rooted in scriptural and prophetic teachings about the nature of God, our relationship to deity, and the godly potential of men and women. The doctrine of a heavenly mother is cherished and distinctive a distinctive belief among Latter-day Saints.
1: And we'll go on. These are, these are all quotes now from this official church document called "Gospel Topics Essay and on where Mother in Heaven." Find these? Um, you can just you, anyone well, that wants Jesus to read Christ this can Latter-day just yeah, ju- just Google uh, gospel topic essays, and, and this will oh, come up. It's the one on Heavenly Mother. Here's another one. The earliest published references to the doctrine of a heavenly mother appeared shortly after Joseph Smith's death in 1844 in documents written by his close associates. The most notable expression of this idea is found in a poem by Eliza R. Snow that many of us are so familiar with, entitled My Father in Heaven, although originally, interestingly, it was titled an incantation to our heavenly parents. And uh, the words are very familiar to many of us. O my father uh, thou that dwellest in, in, that it says, in the heavens are parents single? No, the thought makes reason stare. Truth is reason, truth eternal, tells me I have a mother there. So let's go on with some other." We've Here's. been
0: singing that hymn all of our lives, <laughs> of our lives. and um, not thinking much past it. I'm
1: going to give you about three more quotes from that document. In
0: 1909, the first presidency taught that all men and women are in the similitude of the universal father and mother and are literally the sons and daughters of Deity.
1: Susie Young Gates, a prominent leader in the Church, wrote in 1920 that Joseph Smith's visions and teachings revealed the truth that a Divine Mother
0: is side-by-side with the Divine Father. And lastly, President Harold B. Lee stated, We forget that we have a Heavenly Father and a Heavenly Mother, who are even more concerned, probably, than our earthly Father and Mother. And that influences from far beyond are constantly working to try to help us when we do all we can.
1: And those references, frankly, are not the only ones. Um, let us give you a few more. An apostle named John A. Woodso wrote, The glorious vision of life hereafter is given radiant warmth by the thought that we have a mother who possesses the attributes of godhood. And here's an even more direct one uh, that Linda's going to read from uh, another apostle, Erastus Snow.
0: And this is interesting because these are apostles from when they were doing pioneering the boat with the women. I mean, it was a long time ago, and they talked about it a lot. And lately, not so much. Well, until now. Yeah, until lately. Until now, and it's exploding. Okay, um, here is what Erastus Snow said. Deity consists of man and woman. I have another description. There never was a God and there never will be in all eternities except they are made of two component parts, a man and a woman, the male and the female. That's pretty direct, isn't it? That is really amazing. you,
1: You can't say it much more directly than that. And here's one by Brigham Young. We were created in the image of our father and our mother, the image of our God. The reason that's so critical is when when people throughout the world read the bible and genesis and when it says let us make man in our image who is the us let us make man in our image we would like to believe it's heavenly father and heavenly mother because that way we literally all are regardless of our
0: gender we're in the image of god right and of course our young woman's theme begins with the words I am a beloved daughter of heavenly parents with a divine nature and eternal destiny. And so even
1: beyond her existence and our relationship to her we can we can extrapolate some things Linda from these quotes. I mean let's let's try to boil them down for a minute. I think five things come to my mind first. It's appropriate to call her God. I mean that's what these essentially say she like he is God and can be called that second she's an equal partner and a co-creator with the father third we are all both halves of humanity in the express image of God fourth though we express our prayers to him they are also heard by her and fifth she is concerned in a magnificently motherly way
0: about each of us and she touches and helps children. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. Um, those are just incredible quotes that we were just really stood the hair up on our arms when we found those. Because that's a good way to there say are it. a lot of those.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna take a break in a minute, but the best part of the show is yet to come because we're gonna we're gonna dive into the present day where there is at least in our culture, and I think throughout the world because of feminism and because of The Me Too movement and because of all kinds of other things there's a lot of discussion about the potential of there being a feminine deity and we're going to talk about what our thoughts are about whether that's a productive conversation to have.
0: So hang on and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Eyer. And we're back. Thank you for joining us today. We are talking about something that's deep water.
1: <laughs> deep water.
0: <laughs> we are so um, intrigued with this subject lately, and you have been buried, immersed in it, honestly. Well, you know,
1: seriously, thinking about god i mean what uh, there's a there's a beautiful scripture in the new testament the words of christ himself this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true god and i think any time we spend thinking not speculating not wildly coming up with theories that have no basis but the more we speculate about what we do know—that sounds a little like an oxymoron—I guess we don't speculate about what we know. But the more we dwell on what we do know about God, is particularly on this aspect that there is both a masculine and a feminine God. Uh, that I, think, I think there's a powerful awakening. That. You know, I've just—I've been edified by doing this. I've felt an amazing sort of closeness. In fact i I'll, I'll even tell you how far it goes we're we're publishing a series of articles in a an online magazine called Meridian magazine some listeners will be familiar with and the one dealing with the feminine god was published uh, this last week and the way the magazine was set up to operate there were some there were some ads that were appearing in in the article and Normally I'm not bothered by the ads that appear in what we write, but this one seemed to me to be so sacred that I was really troubled that the ads were a little distracting and that they might take away from... We won't get into quite what they were quite a little distracting.
0: <laughs> well <laughs> and don't worry if you want to go look at it you're not going to find them because they were kind enough to cut you off know, all the ads those but taken out. <laughs> um but it really i mean it was funny for the first couple and, and then the, got it got just well that that
1: and, was the interesting thing is that when we first read it for the first time in its printed form in the magazine uh the ad that came up was something about crepe skin
0: <laughs> and I'm
1: like, no, 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 we can't have this because this subject is so important and so dear. But Linda, let's get into this. Over the past little while, just maybe the last few years, at least in our culture, there's been a real buzz about Heavenly Mother and, and a lot of, I think, speculation in some cases. Yes. And maybe even a kind of a competitive, almost a... Almost an affirmative action, almost like we need to talk more about Heavenly Mother because she's been left out for so long and I can appreciate that sentiment, but it's almost the wrong kind of equality. It's almost like let's keep score between the two. And and that's not how we perceive of Heavenly Mother at all.
0: Well, it isn't and but I do think that it is really happening. I mean there's just it's coming from every direction is bubbling up from everywhere, and of course, I mean, nobody's going to say, um, this is definitive, this is the way it is, and so on, unless it's the prophet of our church, um, right. a direct revelation from God. So, um, you know, it's not that we're trying to stir the water or anything, it's just that things are happening that are demanding our attention, and I, I think it has really been interesting to see different people's thoughts, and uh, understandings and hurt feelings and e- everything, the whole spectrum.
1: Well, I think what we realized as we pondered this, honey, is that uh, you know, we're kind of thrilled at the idea of thinking about a mother in heaven but even more so I think we've been thrilled at thinking about not so much the divine she or the divine he but the divine they. Right. The combination, the power and the quality of of a God that is complete in that way.
0: Right. And, you know, actually, when we started out with a quote from Elder Oaks saying that, you know, theology begins and ends. I'm not, this is not exact at all. Well, let's the,
1: read that, actually. That's, you got it right there? Yeah, read that. That's okay. the one you're talking about. I
0: love this. He says, our theology begins with heavenly parents, and our highest aspirations is to be like them.
1: That's like in one that sentence captures everything we've been feeling so strongly. Not, not that this hate. One thing we, we entertain a belief in is a heavenly mother and a heavenly father. It's much more powerful. That our theology begins with heavenly parents. I love that because that's, that is the beginning point. In other words, once you believe in heavenly parents, it's very natural to believe that we lived with them before we came to this earth. It's very natural to believe they would have a plan for us and that they'd be concerned about our happiness.
0: Well, it changes my whole feeling about being a parent. I mean, this whole, right, right. This whole um, radio show has been, for 10 years, has been about parenting. And suddenly uh, pieces are falling together when I realize that there really are parents there. That we're dealing with, that, that are dealing with us, that um, that they are there, they love us, and it makes a lot of difference in the way I look at my own children.
1: I'm so glad you said that, honey, because what we're working toward in this series that we're into now here on Ayers on the Road is the lessons we can learn. I mean, how, what do we know about divine parenting? What do we know about how they parent us, and how can that influence how we... Not only how we parent our children, but but our, how does that influence our marriages? Yeah, right. With
0: each other. And
1: so I think you're exactly right. So I guess what I'm saying, honey, is that I I'm drawn to anything about a heavenly mother, but I'm also even more drawn to the concept of heavenly parents. And and you know we have this wonderful proclamation in our church that that one of the lines says each person is a beloved spirit son or daughter of heavenly parents. And and one of our cherished friends, President Russell Ballard, said it this way just recently. We are part of a divine plan designed by heavenly parents who love us. There's just mm, you know yeah. there, of all the concepts in the world about who God is and what he is and and all the diversity of, of that sort of thing, the most powerful one i think and the one that brings this feeling of the deepest reverence and the deepest respect but also the deepest familiarity and love and tenderness is the concept of of parents who are are you know of a god who really is our parents
0: well and divine plan is an interesting phrase too because we all have a plan for our families and uh Interestingly, it doesn't always go as planned <laughs> with our own kids because there are so many things that happen. But, I mean, you know, our Heavenly Parents must feel the same way about exactly. us. Exactly.
1: And, in fact, let me, let's just read you just a couple of paragraphs that really sort of pull us together as far as why the they part, T-H-E-Y, is the
0: important thing. Why do you just go right there. You, I'd love to hear you read, honey. In fact, let me go one step further. Who is saying this? Well oh, you
1: this, well, no, no, this is a, well in fact yes <laughs> well, let me, let me sorry, this
0: is part of an essay <clears throat> well
1: okay. uh, yeah, I just uh, this is the, that we're really focused on why are why are we so focused on the divine they and here's here's the answers
0: okay, because they are one because it it is ultimately ultimately impossible to think about or talk about either without implicitly including or referring to the other because they are both our parents because in our unique restored theology it is the divine they that is our creator god it is the divine they that said let us make man and woman in our own image it is the divine they that is the foundation and the beginning of our theology.
1: Again, picking up on that beautiful quote by President Oaks. And, uh, now, we, you mentioned earlier, Linda, we were in a discussion with two of our daughters. And one of their friends was there. And, and, you know, what we ended up saying is, there's a lot we don't know. But the important thing that we do know is pretty simple. We know that she is. We know that he is. We know that they are, and that's the whole point, right there. And so, and and we know that they're completely equal. But the thing to remember is that there's two kinds of equality, right? The first is sort of the competitive equality that we talk about a lot in our in our marriages and in, in our relationships. You clean the toilets, I'll make the beds, yeah. Those yeah kinds of exactly but the second and the one we love and the one we've talked many times on this show about before but not in not with reference to god is synergistic equality where it's complementary and maybe that's a better word than equality because we're we we don't we don't we don't have the capacity for complete equality as and mortals
0: Equal doesn't mean same. It's, it's complementary. Yeah, yeah. And
1: Complementarity would be the, the better word. <laughs> that's a new
0: word. Complementarity, that's a word. Is it a word? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you I got mean, it.
1: Think, about, think how much better that is than equality. Equality, you're keeping score, right? And you're trying to... But complementarity, you know, we need each other. Right. So... Um, I think that's really, really a key, and, and we can find it in our own lives. You know, we're we're not the same, you and I. Anyone who knows us would quickly agree to that. Right. But hopefully, we're 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 seeking complementarity, which we believe, the divine female and the divine male, have have perfect complementarity.
0: Right. But we also have our own opinions. I mean, when you say one, right, right. that kind of pricks up the ears of our kids because they have their own opinions and we do have our own opinions and that, that's what makes us one because sometimes they're opposite positions and we have to come to a central point where we can agree
1: well here's the bottom line for those who believe in in the the, the, the heaven that we believe in think about this this little sentence
0: if only eternally sealed couples can be complete enough to live in the highest part of the celestial kingdom then you or I, as individuals, are not by ourselves perfectible entities, nor, on our own, candidates for exaltation. And if the we is the only perfectible entity, does it not follow that heavenly, that the heavenly parents, we live, we will live there with, with that we will live there with, with in heaven. In other words, are the ultimate example of that we.
1: And, and to me, that's what's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to think about a lot of this, but what's really, where the rubber meets the roadland is what's the practicality? Can we really, mean, we have this thing that we should all strive to be like God, but we all know that's like way beyond us. We all know that right. we're so imperfect and we have so many flaws and so many things we're working on. But the idea of an ultimate goal where we're we're saying in our families in our relationships in our parenting in our marriages we have an ultimate goal because our our because our god is our heavenly parents i mean that that's a, such a hopeful no matter how bad we are, how weak we are, how long it's going to take us, that's the ultimate progression.
0: Right, but now this paragraph is um, pretty deep theology, but we, we do have to remember that that doesn't mean if you're single and if you're never Absolutely. married. Absolutely. Because we do have a son in his 40s that has never been married, and I am so encouraged by what our, um, our dear leaders are telling us now about the fact that everybody will have a chance for exaltation, everybody. Um, whether now or in a future place well, that a that's long a, time. That,
1: you hit the nail right on the head, honey. That's the thing, I mean, if, we, if we're out giving speeches, as we often are, and we're saying, hey, improve your marriage, and so on, and we're sort of in, in an implicit way, not trying to, but holding ourselves up as some kind of an example, which makes us uncomfortable, by the way. We're not, we're not saying that anymore. We're not saying, feel guilty, be better. We're saying, Hey, it's, it's an eternal thing. It, it may take 10 million it years, is. but eventually that's what we're trying to be like, those heavenly parents.
0: Well, we've taken a deep dive today. Um, we hope that you have has given you some thought. Pause for thought some pause and some thought (laughs) and some thought we do appreciate your hanging in with us on this and we would wish it were a two-way conversation but join us again next time because
1: we haven't we've just scratched the surface we're going to carry on with this vein of who Heavenly Mother is and who our Heavenly Parents are next week on Iris on the Road so come on
0: back thanks for listening bye bye